0: Hey everyone, Eric Stackelbeck here. Today on the newscast, it's been three weeks and the new president of the United States still has not called the leader of America's closest ally in the Middle East. What is going on here? What comes next? And what becomes of the US-Israel relationship over the next four years? Get all the breaking details coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. Joe Biden has now been president of the United States for three whole weeks. He was inaugurated on January 20th, and since then, he's found time to speak to the leaders of several key American allies around the world, including Great Britain, France, Germany, Canada, Mexico, South Korea, Australia, and even... Russian President Vladimir Putin. Isn't that interesting, folks? We know how the Democrats are so obsessed with Russia, yet Biden made the time to speak to Vladimir Putin. One leader that he did not find time to speak to in the past 21 days is the leader of America's closest ally in the Middle East. That would be Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel. Not only has Bibi gotten the snub from Biden, But every leader in the Middle East, the leaders of Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, the United Arab Emirates, none of them have received a call from President Joe Biden. Now, the Middle East is the most pivotal, most strategic, most chaotic region in the world. We say here all the time on the newscast, folks, what happens in the Middle East does not stay in the Middle East. Events unfolding there right now will profoundly affect all of us no matter where we live around the world, certainly right here in the United States, where I am coming to you from, yet radio silence from President Biden. Again, Israel, a steadfast, loyal ally of the United States on so many levels, not only obviously security and, and counterterrorism, but economically, Israel, a medical, a scientific, a high-tech powerhouse, and of course, shared Judeo-Christian values, They come from the land of Israel, the land of the Bible, the kind of values that this nation, the United States, was founded on, yet no call in three whole weeks. This is, to me, dereliction of duty, number one, but I think two things are unfolding here right now. Why the lack of a call, the lack of contact from Biden to Bibi? Number one, pure pettiness and vindictiveness. Folks, think about it. Joe Biden was vice president under President Barack Obama for eight years, and the Obama-BB relationship was very contentious. Obama, in the books he's written since he left office in 2016, has slammed Prime Minister Netanyahu. But in real time, if you look back over that eight-year period, two incidents in particular stand out to me. Of course, they butted heads on Iran, on Israel's borders, on a host of issues, but two incidents. When we talk about vindictive and petty and holding a grudge, two incidents in particular. Number one, in 2011, in the Oval Office with reporters and media cameras assembled in front of the eyes of the world, Prime Minister Netanyahu essentially took President Obama to school and lectured him on the reality, the harsh realities of the Middle East after Obama had talked about Israel pulling back To the pre-1967 borders, those indefensible borders that Israel had before its miraculous victory in the Six-Day War in 1967. Netanyahu quickly set Obama straight, gave him a history lesson, a lesson in geopolitics, a current affairs, current events lesson, all rolled in one as the cameras rolled, and Obama just sat there and he looked on with his hand on his chin, and who knows what was going through his head, the anger as Bibi just masterfully and eloquently unfolded the reality of the situation. I don't think Barack Obama ever forgot that. I certainly don't think his vice president, his wingman, Joe Biden, did either. That's number one. Number two, 2015, uh, the Iran nuclear deal was brewing. Prime Minister Netanyahu travels to the United States. He speaks in front of the U.S. Congress In a speech that was boycotted by several Democrats, the Obama administration was furious about it, but Netanyahu felt like Israel was backed into a corner by the United States because the U.S. was hell-bent on forging this disastrous Iran nuclear deal, which obviously guarantees a nuclear Iran, not right away, but down the road when the deal runs out. That's what a sunset clause is all about. The sun sets on the deal, and then Iran can do it at once. So Netanyahu felt pushed against the wall. Who does he appeal to? His allies in Congress. He didn't have a friend in the White House, so he appeals to his staunch allies in Congress. Gave uh, an eloquent, masterful speech as well before Congress, but the Obama administration furious about it. Fast forward to December 2016, just before Obama's leaving office, the U.S. abandons Israel at the U.N. December 23rd, 2016, Christmas Eve Eve. Hanukkah Eve it was as well. And the United States basically takes a pass when it comes to a resolution being put forth condemning Israeli settlement activity. The U.S. usually would step in and say no and veto it. This time, the United States just abstained and didn't have a voice there and left Israel twisting in the wind. It was a parting shot out the door by the Obama administration. By the way, 2010 no wonder BB 2011 felt the need to set things straight and kind of give that uh, discourse on the reality of the Middle East. If you rewind a bit to 2010, also a notorious incident, talk about the relationship not getting off to a good foot. Uh, BB and his team come to the White House. They're ushered in and ushered out the back door of the White House. Not only that, the meeting grows contentious reportedly and Obama gets up and he leaves. He leaves BB and his team there to stew. And he says, I'm going to have dinner with my family. I'm out of here. I'm going upstairs. And Netanyahu and his team are sitting there essentially saying, now what? So this was a very rough relationship. The Iran nuclear deal was the apex of the troubles in 2015. Only got, only went downhill really. Obviously we had a renaissance in the Israel-U.S. relationship under President Trump, the most pro-Israel president in American history, Bar none, many reasons, pulled out the disastrous Iran nuclear deal, uh, sanctioned Iran, tough sanctions that pushed the mullahs against the wall, recognized Israel's sovereignty over Jerusalem, moved the embassy, of course, and also Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, designated Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps as a terror organization, cut funding to the Palestinian Authority because of its funding and support for terrorism. The list goes on. Fought anti Semitism around the world. Uh, stood up for religious freedom around the world as well, did the Trump administration. So it was one extreme under Obama to the other. And now, folks, the pendulum is swinging back to that bad extreme, in my view, with Joe Biden. I don't think this is a coincidence. And Prime Minister Netanyahu has downplayed the lack of a call from Biden. I don't think this radio silence is a coincidence. I think it's a harbinger of things to come. I don't think Biden likes Prime Minister Netanyahu very much. I don't think any of these Obama holdovers who are now littered throughout the Biden administration, I don't think they're very fond of Prime Minister Netanyahu and his team. So I think this is a sign of things to come. And you can bet that the Biden administration is hoping that Prime Minister Netanyahu loses in the Israeli elections that are coming up about a month and a half from now, on March 23rd, perhaps the, the radio silence, the lack of a call is Biden kind of waiting things out to see if Bibi will be gone eventually. I wouldn't bank on that because Bibi has shown he's got nine lives to say the least when it comes to politics. He's been prime minister of Israel since February 2009, 12 years, and he continues to be the strongest candidate in many people's view on the right in Israel. So that's the first reason, old fashioned pettiness and vindictiveness. The second reason is ideology. This one's simple, folks. The Biden administration has made very clear they want to re-enter that Iran nuclear deal. Hey, it makes sense if you're them. They're the ones who engineered it. They are the architects of the Iran deal. The entire foreign policy team that Biden has assembled was very much at the forefront of assembling the Iran nuclear deal that President Trump, again, pulled out of in 2018. So it's ideological. Uh, It's a signal sent to Iran uh, that look, the U.S., we're going to be even-handed. An honest broker, as the Obama officials would say a few years back, we're not going to take a side here Uh, between Israel and the Sunni Arab allies of Israel, who've come together through the Abraham Accords, thanks to the Iran threat, largely the shared Iran threat, but saying to Iran, look, we'll be even-handed here, sending a signal to Iran. That's one part of it. It's ideological. This is their policy. Peace with Iran at all costs. And that cost is, quite frankly, folks, appeasement. And that's what re-entering the Iran deal will do. Now, Biden gave an interview over the weekend before the Super Bowl game saying that unless Iran stops enriching, enriching uranium, the United States will not lift sanctions. Remember that. February 7th, 2021. Remember that quote by Joe Biden. Let's see if he sticks to it. Because the team he's assembling around him, including a guy named Robert Malley, who will now be the point man for the Biden administration on Iran negotiations. These are folks who have been very friendly to Tehran, uh, not so friendly to Israel, and cheerleaders for that Iran deal. So let's see if Biden sticks to that promise that, hey, we're not going to lift sanctions unless Iran stops enriching uranium. Let's also see if they stick to the promises when they not if, but when, sadly, they re-enter the deal or seek to re-enter the deal. Let's see if they stick to the promise to put Iran's ballistic missile program on the table and Iran's support for terrorism around the region. I'll be eagerly awaiting to see how that all pans out. So those are the two main reasons. The U.S. will distance itself now, not only from Israel, but from the Sunni Arab nations like Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, the UAE. And what a time for the leader of the free world to distance itself just as Israel is forging historic peace deals with the Sunni Arab nations. You would think this would be a cause for celebration, something the new administration would seek to advance further. But folks, I'm not sure that is the case. Biden is already sending that signal to Israel, that distance, that daylight between the U.S., Israel, and the Sunni Arab nations. Also, another signal was sent over the weekend when the U.S. under Biden removed Yemen's Houthi rebels from the terror, designated terror list of the State Department. Now, the Trump administration added the Houthis, these Iran-backed jihadis, who have con- conquered a large area in Yemen, particularly to the north, firing missiles and rockets into Saudi Arabia on a daily basis, being armed, equipped, and funded by their Iranian masters. The Trump administration put the Houthis on the list of designated terrorist entities, literally the day before President Trump left office, Now, uh, just right away, not even three weeks in, Biden removes them. That's a signal, I believe, to the Iranian regime as well. The USS Nimitz aircraft carrier leaves the Persian Gulf at Iran's doorstep. Another signal to Iran that, hey, we don't want any trouble, meaning the United States, and the wrong signals. Not that the U.S. should want trouble, but the U.S. should send a message of strength, peace through strength and a show of strength, and a show of force, which is what the Trump administration had been doing with great success, and which is why Iran, Iran's leaders, I should say, are so delighted to have the Biden administration in office. Some other things to think about real quick before we go. The UN Human Rights Council, yet another signal of what's to come uh, in the next four years with this new administration here in the U.S. The UN Human Rights Council a notoriously anti-Israel body, which has condemned Israel repeatedly over the years to the point where it became a farce. And the the whole body, the whole organization has become a farce. And to the point where President Trump in 2018 pulled the U.S. out of the UN Human Rights Council and said, no more, this is a joke. We will not be a part of this. Not only the rabidly anti-Israel bias, but empowering. It's a human rights council, right? yet they're empowering human rights, the world's worst human rights abusers. Among them, countries like China, Cuba, Venezuela, Russia, various uh, Islamic nations all sat on this human rights council talking about the need and the importance of human rights and monitoring the human rights situation in nations around the world. Folks, talk about Orwellian, talk about a world turned upside down where good is called evil and evil is called good. That is the situation. At The UN Human Rights Council. The Secretary of State here in the U.S., Anthony Blinken, said earlier this week, Yes, the UN Human Rights Council is flawed, but basically, we want, to give, we want to give it another shot and see if we can fix it from within. Good luck, Secretary Blinken. You're going to need it there. So, we have a harbinger here with the lack of a phone call, with these diplomatic moves we're already seeing. We have harbingers here of what is to come over the next four years. Guess what, folks? I'm not worried. I grieve for the United States if we do indeed turn from Israel because I am a Genesis 12:3 man. I believe that God meant what he said when he said in the book of Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, he told Abraham, "I will bless those who bless you, Israel, and I will curse those who curse you." I firmly believe that one reason the United States has been blessed more than any nation and prospered more than any nation in the history of the world is that we have blessed Israel and the Jewish people if that changes, we are in big trouble, folks. Bank on that. So optimistic, concerned, but optimistic in that God still sits on the throne. The God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, neither slumbers nor sleeps. And even if the U.S. starts to distance itself from Israel, Israel is forging new alliances around the world, not only in the Middle East, but in India, Brazil, and in influential nations, Eastern Europe, around the world. Israel will be just fine. They have the ultimate ally in the God of Israel. So continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for the United States, and that this new administration has wisdom and clarity and makes the right decisions. Thanks for joining us here on the Newscast. Remember, we are every day now, Monday through Friday. Check us out on YouTube. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.